Hello, welcome to a slimline version of Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm the Gareth Jones bit. With me is the Richard Porter bit. Hello. But, but no Zog bit this week because we tend to do this every year where Richard goes and spends two days in glamorous, exciting motorsport-free Switzerland <laughs> looking at cars, the Geneva Auto Salon, and comes back and talks to me about it. So we figured we don't need Zog anymore. He's really superfluous to this programme, let's be honest. <laughs> I don't think he offers very much to the show and never has. So I'm sure the listeners won't miss him for just one programme. Please notice the irony in my voice. Thank you. Uh, Richard, hello. How are you? I'm all right, yes. So how was Geneva? Uh, Geneva was interesting. Not all for good reasons. The show was on press day definitely a bit quieter than normal. Now, the economy being what it is, all car makers are tightening their belts. One of the quickest ways to start saving money is to stop taking freeloading journalists to the Geneva show. Now, that doesn't just apply to the UK, but across all of Europe, I would yeah. guess. Yeah. And as a consequence, press day did seem notably quieter. There was still, from the car makers, this sort of attempt to put on a bit of a, a show, a bit of razzmatazz. So there's still... Most of the stands were still quite big and brash. I mean, they have a set... Each manufacturer has a set floor space. There were a couple of quite telling things, though. First of all, every year, everyone occupies the same spot at the show. Merck is always where it is, and Audi's always where it is, and Jaguar, and so on. They're all always in the same spot, and they have the same amount of floor space. It's very rare that it changes. And this year... Saab had lost their stand to Hyundai. Which is pretty much... Um, well, it's indicative of what's of, going on. In you know? the world, it's that's like right. Saab yeah. Are, yeah. I mean, by choice, I guess, Saab said, look, we can't afford to do our usual quite big stand, and it was pretty sizable. We'll just shuffle off to a corner of the Opal stand oh. in a slightly humiliating way, I guess. Hyundai, who, in the UK at least, are sort of one of the very few car makers who are actually selling more cars at the moment than they did sort of this time last year. Their sales are actually up sort of month on month, whatever. And so bursting with confidence, go, thanks very much, we'll have a bit of that wow. Saab stand. And of course then Hyundai moving across, and it was they just moved one stand over, that freed up their old smaller stand tucked in the corner to a company called DR Motor, who are basically an Italian company that rebadges Chinese cars. Is this cherry? Are they some cherry? of them are cherries, yeah. yes. And something else which is so like a Toyota RAV4 that I thought it was a Toyota RAV4. <laughs> oh, yes. And then realised it wasn't. Unbelievable. What? I was surprised that Toyota's copyright lawyers weren't actually on the stand turning people away. Incredible. So anyway, that I think is indicative of a number of things. First of all, yes, Saab in trouble. Hyundai uh, relatively, you know, bursting with confidence and poised to survive this storm and, and come back bigger and stronger and, and destroy us all. And also the, the, Chinese, the, rise of waiting the, Chinese, the Chinese waiting in the wings. The Chinese waiting in the wings. I mean, literally yeah. waiting in the corner yeah, yeah. Uh, with their appalling knockoffs. But one day they won't be appalling knockoffs because let's face it, people said that about the Japanese even just 30 years ago. That the whole copying and now they're doing their own thing and now they taught the Koreans how to build cars and the Koreans are trying to destroy them isn't it a funny old world it wasn't that long ago that we were taking the make out of Korean cars but now I look at every new Hyundai and Kia and they're all part of the same group Mm. and think yows 
they can do what Ford can do. You know, Kias yeah, look like yeah. Fords these days, and I'm sure that's intentional. No, I think that Proceed, is it the three-door yeah. thing? It's just an Audi A3. That's very it? true, yeah. But didn't some of the guys who work on that car actually work for Audi? Wasn't uh, the yes, uh, Peter Schreyer that's is it. the chief designer there, and he's, he did the Audi TT and stuff, so yes. So how long before we Possibly. have the, the Hyundai SS? It's like the sequel to the TT, and that looks just like one. I wonder. Anyway, um, <laughs> by the by... S comes before T, doesn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> UU. D- anyway... <laughs> So, <laughs> you, you. Uh, the the theme. If there was a theme to Geneva, from what I've seen online and in the magazines, is this kind of revival of old brands? And I, I want to save the big one, the Ligonda, till a little bit later, so we can laugh yeah. our trousers off. Yeah. I have to say that they're one of the funniest. I mean, there were several old brands revived, but the funniest name of the lot probably is the fact that Maybach are now making a Zeppelin. I know. <laughs> Did you see? Or is the that just that a load car? of hot air? It's so. one of the first. <laughs> Hot hydrogen. hydrogen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really bad idea. Oh, the humanity. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> of course, the hydrogen didn't really burn as such. It was the canvas skin that... Uh, it was the canvas skin. Where and were actually, we? the aluminium paint that was really burning, because that's basically the fuel that they have in the solid rocket boosters in, in the yes, space shuttle. Have it, we had this conversation before? I think we might have. Yeah, right, yeah. So, yeah, the Maybach Zeppelin. My God, that was awful. <laughs> oh, that was awful. <laughs> it was one of the first cars I sort of properly looked at at the show, and I was mesmerised by it for some minutes, because of its awfulness this horrible pimpy interior now what it's also got and what they're trying to say it's sort of slightly better than existing Maybachs is that it's got an aftershave dispenser no yes now, oh, to my mind, the no. designer was in his bathroom one morning going, oh, my God, I have just two hours when I get to work to think of the way to make the new top-line Maybach model. What can we add to it so that it is not already got? And then he opened his bathroom cabinet and went, bah, bingo, pile cream. No, wait, that's a bad idea. No, oh, aftershave. Yes, we could add this instead. And that's what they've done. It's just, why? What is the point? Aftershave. It's dreadful. And it's got this, the, the, the one on the show had a stripe down the side, so it's sort of silvery, whitey colour with a black stripe down the side. Or was it the other way around? I can't remember. I was too busy slightly retching. So the Zeppelin is an unmitigated disaster, would you say? Oh, man, it's awful. It's really bad. But one of the things that was interesting about the show this year was there was relatively little sort of activity in the affordable car area. There's this sort of timidity to it. And the fact that all the car makers are, let's be honest, fighting for survival to varying degrees... And there's a general move as well towards people buying smaller cars because, you know, they're concerned about CO2 emissions, uh, economy and whatever. And there wasn't a lot to look at that was new. The real big stuff, the sort of big headline grabbers, were all massive high-end things. So another case in point, the Lamborghini Murcielago uh, SV, yeah, which looks amazing. Yeah, yeah, fastest ever, I think most powerful ever production Lamborghini. and uh, Sharpest edges ever. Yes, yeah. and, and yellowish. It's ironed, hasn't it? It's amazing. I mean, it's a sort of last hurrah for the Murcielago, which I've driven uh, a couple of those, and they are absolutely wonderful. Brilliant, marvellous, fantastic Never to cars. be replaced. Never, well, I don't know. I just, you just sort of think, well, what's the replacement going to be like? Because to my mind, the only way it can go is more silly, more over the top, give you more sense of occasion, which is what that car does. You know, I, I couldn't have claimed to have even got close to its limits or used all of its performance, but that's almost not the point. Mm. You know that those things are there. It would be different if it didn't have towering performance and a massive V12 out the back. But it's just the sense of drama and occasion from the minute you get in with those silly scissor doors and you, the, the, the minute you start it and the minute you can't find the bloody aircon controls because they're inexplicably hidden behind a flap and when you do find them it turns out they're off a facelifted Rover 45. <laughs> 
And, oh, really? Yeah, they're generic bits from an Italian company. They're also in the Zonda as well, the Pagani Zonda. No. Same things. And when Rover put climate control into the 45 in its dying days, they used the same generic control unit. Right. Fact! Right. Where were we? We weren't talking about Rover. Uh, Largo. So the SV, I think, is brilliant. What a great way for that car to go out. It's lighter, it's more powerful, it's just more bonkers in every way, which is what a Lamborghini should be. And I know it sort of seems, oh, it's so out of tune with the times. Well, yes, but actually, in the same way that you know how Hollywood always makes sort of action films where American heroes conquer all when the country itself is depressed cheer yeah. everyone up yeah this is what the motor industry this is what the motor industry well I don't know whether it's knowingly trying to do it because I'm not sure that they have that lightness of touch I think mm. they're just unfortunately all these cars were signed off before the economy really started to turn right. for the worst is, is uh, but I think we need a Lamborghini uh, Merchandise yeah. SV just so everyone can go wow you know when I finally get out of this economic depression that we're all suffering from and going, gloomy. you know, I would love to dream of buying one of those and maybe I'll save up and do it. It makes you feel eight years old and it's wonderful. If we apply the same rule, then you should have the Mini Cooper JCW V12. That would do it, wouldn't it? That yeah, would I, I can't <laughs> think that might struggle to put its power down through the front wheels, but it's worth a go. And you'd have to sit in the back seat. It would be eight-wheel drive. Okay. It's got to be better than four-wheel drive. Um, the so, other thing I was going to say, sorry, before I forget, because they're talking on a supercar tip, was that, the, the, the uh, again, a high-end stuff, Ferrari had this thing called the 599XX, which, if you may have seen, the FXX. It's the most extraordinary idea. Well, this is a car that you can't take home no you, you, you cannot you, have it you should license them a lot of money and they won't let you have it and you have to ring them and go please could I come and have a go in my car and they'll go mm, not this week no I, I <sighs> don't get well that. the yeah. fact that I think the FXX programme was uh, judged to be a great success for Ferrari who got some money for, for not selling cars just essentially letting people come and look at them. The way the FS, FXX works is you buy this car, Ferrari deliver it to a racetrack somewhere with yes. some of their engineers and allow yes. you to drive it, yes. and at the end of the day, you go home, they take it home, and yes. then they... Yeah, that's the basics of it. Or I think you can go to sort of group days at uh, Fiorano and drive it around their test track there. Now, the point is it was supposed to be a technology test bed. So what they were saying to... And it was all existing customers, valued customers. Would you, they, they would write to you whatever and say, would you like to buy an FXS? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like you could just go into Ferrari show and go, I'd like to pay a lot of money for a car I can't actually take home. We don't know who you are, you have to yeah, go exactly. away. You have to go away, but if you... Yeah. And I suppose JK came down one morning and went, oh, a letter from Ferrari, Spiegly Spoo. <laughs> oh, it says, do I want to buy an FX? <laughs> and then, Spiegly Spoo. And then, yeah, that's what he does, isn't it? And then, I'm doing a little dance as well. And then, <laughs> and then he'd go, no, I'm not that stupid. And... The old jazz dwarf that he is, bless him. And, oh, the floor's uh, moving. Yes, yeah, oh, my furniture's banging into my legs again. And, and that's he, how he can't find his post. He probably wanted an FXX, <laughs> but the sofa had moved again and got the over the top of the letter. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, it's a nightmare. Sure. Anyway, mm. so obviously this was a great success. So this technology showcase and the, the the premise was the spin they put on it. You're a valued customer. Come and help us to continue to develop our cutting edge technology. I mean. Scam's an ugly word, but let's yeah, be honest. Yeah, 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 anyway, yeah, it's yeah. worked for them. It's clearly worked for their value customers who must have enjoyed it in some way. So they're doing now another technology showcase track-based car based on the, the 599. 599. Now, it did look actually rather superb, and it's got some lovely little tricksy bits in it. Like instead of backlights, it has sort of venturi type tunnels of some sort and fans in them, fans in them to sort of. You now, what a these fan do. Car. Well, what these do, as far as I could work out, is they clean up the air at the back of the car. 
because you know obviously sort of air moves smoothly over a car but at some point the airflow breaks yep. and starts tumbling and then you yep. get sort of dirty air and even with a very clean shape it'll probably just happen at the very back of the car because obviously that's it the air stops flowing these fans as far as I can figure out sort of fire air out and so therefore keep the airflow smooth until the car's gone past very and the air then goes right let's get dirty and oh the car's gone yeah it's really tricksy from uh, the off and presumably the well, idea electric motors driving those fans I, though, I think. think so but I don't know and they're drawing afraid... air up from underneath the car I wonder that's an interesting idea you see I knew you'd ask me these things and I also Sorry. knew that I hadn't been paying attention <laughs> properly I'll be honest I I just saw this and I thought wow that's interesting I wonder how it works and then a mate of mine went well what, actually I've just uh, I've just been talking to someone from Ferrari and this is how it works and I went oh that's great but I have quite a bad memory for these things unless I write it down and unfortunately I was at Geneva specifically with the brief to go and look at some daft stuff and some of the Tuners and drink schnapps and drinks. Uh, no, I didn't. Ah. I, I, I did have. I had, I had a couple of beers and some German white sausage for lunch, and then I had a bit of a, a lost hour where I was feeling a bit disorientated and sweaty. So. It's that sausage. Always it was. Does it, no, yeah. someone, so a friend of mine, uh, ordered me this white sausage when we were on the Audi stand as a joke, and I said to everyone around the table, a bunch of journos and PRs and stuff, and I went, look. I'm very funny haha when it arrives you're all having some of this because I'm not taking the bullet and I'm not leaving it that looks rude because we're on the Audi stand and they're German and they love this stuff and when it arrived I had one bite and went actually do you know what I know that this basically looks like you know a, it does yeah you we don't I mean. even need to say that it looks like but a but oh. it was really delicious <laughs> so once you've got over the psychological barrier of going mm, uh, it's, it's yummy and I ate the whole lot uh, but I was quite full because it came with a massive pretzel and I had a couple of beers after that and uh, yeah anyway where were we uh, Ferrari F- uh, 599XX interesting ultimately still I think a little bit of a you know con job yeah. <laughs> anyway if it makes road going Ferraris better then well bravo for that I'm sure I'm going to stick a van in the back of my car see try if it, it. What, like a desk fan yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let me know how that goes <laughs> professor or one of those people who's taped every episode of Get Fresh between 1986 and 1988 on VHS. <laughs> Get them on the back to wag the air around that sort of fan. Let's see how that does. Gaz top in grotesque fan-based <laughs> misunderstanding. <laughs> Listen, before we take a break from this, can yeah. we talk about, some people might say, the most sensible car at the Geneva Auto Salon, the Dacia Duster or Dacia? It depends. Dacia, Dacia? Uh, I, a Dacia, a Dacia? I Dacia? Dacia? Oh, there's, someone told me how you're supposed to pronounce it and, and as with a lot of things I've forgotten but I thought oh, Dacia what's wrong with that mm, mm. it's what the Romans uh, called Romania isn't it Dacia I, that's where I, it comes from I understand yeah. that that's because yeah. you've just told me that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but does uh, good well it was a sort of slightly bonkers concept I think based on the Sandero um, much beloved of Top Gear yeah. and, and almost entirely my fault for that uh, happening in the first place but uh, no it was just a weird concept that instead of a passenger seat it had a bicycle in it why exactly? Is fuel well, expensive in Romania? No, Probably. I think it was just a complete waste of time, but uh, I don't know. All I liked about that was, and the reason that I, I wanted to mention it, uh, and I'm glad you brought it up, was because, of course, uh, the younger listeners may remember, or older listeners, in fact, it's the, the 80s. In the past, the duster was this sort of like a kind of corrugated Renault. iron yeah. faux off roader type thing in the Based 80s. Based on the Renault 12 uh, chassis. Yeah, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Is it the 12? Yeah. Yes, amazing, which yeah. they also used to make at yeah. the Dacia factory in Romania but yeah so it's bringing back an old name which is weird when even a sort of name that doesn't exist in Western Europe very much in fairness they've become hugely successful they're not going to sell them over here now because they've decided they can't justify the marketing spend you know setting up little corners
corners of all the Renault dealerships that wanted to sell Dachas and, and advertising in magazines and newspapers and TV or whatever to tell people that Dachas are here. They can't justify that anymore in the current economic climate. But we would have probably got them because they'd have already signed off the money if it wasn't for the fact that they were caught out by high demand from France and Germany. Get out. And the factory had to go flat out to meet that demand, so they delayed phasing in right-hand drive production. And then when they went, OK, now I think we can do it, they, the, Renault in the UK went, no, actually, don't bother. Yeah. Thanks. All the same. So, yeah, it's been a surprise hit, but what they're doing now is they're mining their past, a past that I guess most people don't even know exists for badges to stick on stupid concept cars with bicycles in them. We've got more ridiculous examples of mining old names coming up in GJOS after this nonsense. Well, Mr Braun, that was a very impressive testing session, and uh, I have to say, in light of your remarkable pace here today, we at Techslice Industries are certainly very interested in sponsoring you. Oh, the plan worked. Uh, I mean, oh, uh, very good. Now, um, I was hoping that our name could go on these sort of uh, cylinders mounted on the outside of the car, but I see someone's got there before us. <laughs> Typical. Tell me, um, what do NASA make exactly? Uh, uh, quick, uh, over there. Jensen's dad stealing the wheels off your Audi. Phew. Gareth Jones auf Geschwindigkeitsbericht vom Genf Automobilsalon. This is the Gareth Jones on Speed annual Geneva Auto Salon report, which we pay Richard Water enormous amounts of money to fly over to Switzerland to do. We don't, do we? You just do it because you love it. <laughs> Good lad. Yeah, Good I live to give. I really do. Can we talk about eco cars at Switzerland? I would imagine in a climate where either you're selling super expensive cars or you're selling eco cars, did you have a look at an Ampera, an Opel Ampera, the yeah, version yeah, of the Volta? Yeah, mm. looks, you know, like a European version of the Volt. I really can't tell you any more than that. It looks quite nice, actually. It looks all right. You know, it's got quite a sort of... Interesting front end on it. Looks uh, better than the flaming insignia, doesn't it? <laughs> I quite like the insignia. I, really? I, was, I was looking at it, and I was looking at one that was like a, a, a V6 four-wheel drive one on the stand. Yeah. I was thinking, oh, they'll sell loads of them. Yeah, exactly. I was like, why did they go to all the trouble of putting a V6 engine in it for a start? Because historically, V6 Cavaliers and Vectras yeah. never sold, yep. nor did V6 Mondeos, V6 yep. Peugeot 406. Is anything yep. like that? None of them ever sold. Why have they bothered? All the engineering effort gone into that because it's not the work of a moment to put a new and bigger engine into a car and then do a four-wheel drive system as well. It just seems like such a waste of money. They have as to we develop. Know, they haven't got. Do they have to develop that block for the Cadillac side of the it's family? It's a part of a GM yeah. family, but mm. that's the thing. I think you don't just get an engine in a box for America and go, "Well, that'll basically fit." So let's put it in there. You know, engine mounts and things like that have to be all designed unique to each car and exhausts and then the whole thing's got to be calibrated and, and it's mind-bogglingly complicated developing a car and, and each engine installation has to be done with the same care and attention and homologated and all the emissions tests and blah bloody 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 ka-ching euros being poured into it opal don't have euros so i was just oh, that was just an aside but i was looking at this car with a sort of sense of why it's good but why uh, yeah there was a lot of eco stuff the new Toyota Prius was there which is promising like, I think it's 89 grams per kilometre of CO2 which is you know splendid it's pretty amazing now uh, which it looks you know 
like a Prius uh, that's the next generation on from the one we know. So, well, there you are. The interior, I thought, on the Prius, from a distance, looked really cool and, and quite futuristic, as the one on the current Prius does. You know, I think the current Prius has the most interesting interior of any Toyota, because it's almost like they've gone, well, here's a slightly futuristic car, let's cut loose, whereas most of their interiors are sort of beautifully made, but ultimately rather boring. How do they do the incredibly low floor on the Prius? I don't know. How? Because where are the batteries? Are they at front? Uh, they're in the boot, under the boot floor. If you look, the boot floor is, is weirdly high, actually, for a, for a car of that size. And I've got to be careful what I say here, because um, I don't want to get into any sort of litigation. Mm. But I was being told this week about some handling issues with the Prius. Do you know about this? No. I thought you might know a journalist. I've not heard, no. Who allegedly mm-hmm. lost control of a Prius on a test. Right. Presumably the new one, I don't know. Uh, they, I don't, no, yeah. it can't be evident for testing and stuffed it into a barrier, completely wrote it off, saying, oh, it's just weird. It just, you know, gave up at 70 miles per hour, the back end. And allegedly, the Mm. person who'd supplied the car for test said, yeah, they can do that. Really? Something to do with rear weight balance, but... Well, I don't know what the weight distribution is like, but I'd imagine, if anything, they are slightly rear heavy, Mm. because the batteries probably weigh more than the engine and the gubbins that's Mm -hmm. up front. But I don't know that for sure, so... Hmm. We see Prius Park next to the new... Avensis, I want to say Avancis. It's not French. Avancis. Was it part next to one? Because there's a bit of a family look going there. Yeah, the price looks a bit more interesting. And I I was going to say about the interior. The interior looks quite interesting until you sort of get up close and tap it, and then the materials are a bit. In, uh, but I guess they've done that to save weight. Priuses that we drive in Britain, yeah. are they Japanese built? Yeah. I suppose in the same way that, you know, when mini disc players had their brief moments of glory as a kind of. You know, Where is Zog when we need yeah. You can't say mini disc without having Zog here saying, don't knock the mini disc. Yeah, no, no, I know he's a, big, he's a big fan of the yeah, mini disc. But too. you know, those sort of portable, the mini disc Walkmans, essentially. Yeah. And Sony will build their normal domestic you know, Walkmans and all that kind of gubbins anywhere in the world and often in China because it's very cheap to make them there. But they never built mini-disc Walkmans outside of Japan because they wanted to have absolute control over the tolerances because they need such fine tolerances on them. And I, I don't know whether the Prius is sort of uh, is a much more complicated car than, say, a Corolla or a Camry, and therefore they wanted to build them close to the mothership to make sure... Everything was done properly. I don't know, uh, but the, yeah, they're all built in Japan. In a week when Land Rover got their twenty-three million for developing a twenty-seven, I think yeah. twenty-seven million for developing what's a, four million pounds between friends. Uh, you can get a hybrid LRX out of that, can't you? <laughs> is that's where it'll go, isn't it? Uh, yeah, and they also announced that the LRX, which um, people might remember, is, is this sort of the concept they've shown up with, like baby Land Rover, yeah. unashamedly inspired by the Mini. Continuing Land Rover's history of basically modelling their range on the BMW range. You've said this, the yeah. Land Rover yeah. Uh, range Range hierarchy. Rover was based on the 5. No, the 7 Series. Range seven, Rover 7 sorry. Series, Discovery 5 Series, Freelander 3 Series. Yeah. So now they want to do their Mini, mm. which is the LRX. And it was, it was uh, shown as a concept, three-door, sort of little lightweighty 4 before. Now they've announced that, first of all, they get this possible £27 million grant from the government to build it at Halewood, where they already built the new Freelander. And... It's going to be a Range Rover. It'll be a Range Rover something in the same way the Range Rover Sport is a sort of, you know, slightly more vulgar footballery version of the Big Daddy Range Rover. And they won't be 
the Land Rover family because I think the idea is they're going to sort of try and split the two Range Rovers will be luxurious and, and groovy and Land Rovers which basically just means the Discovery and the Fender yeah. will be the sort of rugged proper off-roaders that's the theory so yes the LRX falls into the Range Rover family so this will be the Range Rover Endsley League or something. Yeah. I don't know how football works but there's a, no, there's a non-premiership yeah, league semi-pro I yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sunday morning league yes Interesting. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I took you away from Geneva there for a minute, but I'm talking about eco. Probably the sausage. That's it for this episode, but if you'd like to hear part two of our coverage of the Geneva show, then please download Gareth Jones on Speed, episode 85. Available now. Contact the show on speed at garethjones.tv. Get lyrics, pictures, and more information from www.garethjones.tv or subscribe for free at the iTunes store. Gareth Jones on Speed is made by Whizbang.